Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Mitko Karshovsky, and welcome to episode 102 of That Remote Life podcast, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today's episode is not an interview with a location-dependent entrepreneur or professional, but it is a solo episode with just me in which I'm going to talk about uh, a pretty big development, which is that Sarah and I are back to nomading full-time. We decided to get rid of our apartment that we had in Cincinnati and hit the road again. So stay tuned for why we decided to do that, and I'm going to cover uh, everything from why we stopped nomading in 2020, why we've decided to go back to nomading again uh, now in the beginning of 2021, uh, where are we at the moment, how are we staying safe during covid uh, and much, much more, including I'm also going to share some uh, fun things uh, that I've picked up, some nomading tips that I've picked up since the last time that we've been on the road, uh, like some uh, cool gadgets and tech things that I've gotten that I think uh, you might find interesting. So yeah, stay tuned to that. Alright, so let's start from the beginning here. Now, the last time that Sarah and I were uh, on the road nomading was actually back in 2020 um, when we were in Iceland, and that was early March, and we've already talked about this on the podcast, but very quickly what happened was that we were in Iceland with our friends Ian and Caroline uh, through their company Life Nomading. Uh, we were actually leading a trip there in Iceland, and what happened was COVID kind of uh, became something that we had heard in the news to something that was very real in our lives basically overnight when uh, the borders were closed in the U.S. and just kind of like threw everything uh, up as a question mark. We had no idea if we were going to be able to go back and stuff like that. And so uh, we were able to get back into the country. That wasn't really as big of a problem as we thought it was going to be, Um, but we basically sat down when we got back. We got an Airbnb for about two weeks uh, in which we quarantined. And during that time that we were in that Airbnb, uh, Sarah and I essentially kind of sat down and we're like, okay, what are we doing? Uh, how do we continue to live as digital nomads while this is happening? Uh, we spoke with some uh, family and friends that are in the medical field. And basically they told us that we were looking at something like 12 to 18 months in which, you know, this was going to be a really big deal. You know, this was their best guess uh, at the amount of time that uh, they believed it would take to develop some sort of vaccine, or it was just kind of like their best guess at like what we were looking at. So because of that timeline, Sarah and I decided to get an apartment uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is sort of our home base in the U.S. However, we have since decided to hit the road again, and we are currently in Mexico. This is where I am recording this podcast episode. We are in Merida, Mexico, which is where we spent the early part of 2020. We're back here. It was a place that we really enjoyed. It's nice and warm, and it has a really great lifestyle, so we decided to come back. So, If you're hearing some background noise, by the way, uh, it's because uh, in Mexico, things are lively on the streets. And so uh, (laughs) that's what that background noise might be. But why did we decide to hit the road again? So it basically comes down to a few things. 
first of all, I do want to make uh, sure to state that this is our personal decision, guys. Uh, don't base any of your decisions um, from what you know what we're deciding to do. Uh, definitely make sure to speak with a doctor and decide if it's you know safe in quotation marks for you to you know, kind of start traveling as well. Um, this is just completely our personal decision and what led us to uh, kind of make this decision for ourselves. So just wanted to put that uh, ahead before I say anything else. But one of the main reasons why Sarah and I decided to uh, get rid of our apartment in Cincinnati and hit the road again was that we believed that we both had COVID. So towards the end of November over Thanksgiving, Sarah tested positive for COVID. Uh, she had symptoms and so we went, you know, she went and got tested and she did end up being positive for COVID. So we figured that I didn't have any symptoms and I was just asymptomatic. We're living together. So it only makes sense that I was asymptomatic um, and also had COVID. Now, the interesting thing that has happened since then is that we have found out that I actually have not had COVID, uh, knock on wood, so far. Uh, I went out and I got antibody tests uh, that were both negative. And uh, since then, the interesting thing has been that I've actually been exposed to people who've had COVID uh, for sure and have been in close distance with them twice. Uh, once with, was with Sarah, uh, obviously when we were uh, living together over Thanksgiving when she had it, uh, actually three times. Uh, Sarah was the first one. The second one was we went down uh, to Georgia to hang out with our friends Ian and Caroline for New Year's and they ended up testing positive afterwards. So I was like, okay, you know what? I've probably picked it up uh, took a test, ended up not having it again. And then a third time afterwards was we were with some family and one of those family members ended up testing positive as well and uh, was having some slight symptoms, but we just thought that it was something you know else, but she went and got tested and it ended up being positive. So out of all three of those times, I've gotten tested and I have been negative. This is really interesting, and in speaking with uh, some of our friends that are uh, doctors and uh, consulting with some other doctors I spoke with when I went and got the test, their best guess is that I am actually uh, have a higher resistance to COVID because of my blood type. I guess there's been some research that has come out that says that people who have O positive or O negative blood type tend to have a higher resistance to the virus. And I do in fact have, uh, I believe I have O positive blood. Um, so that is their best guess as to why I haven't been able to uh, pick up COVID. So Hopefully that's the case, but either way, we had already decided to actually move out before this was determined. So hopefully, even though I haven't had COVID, I do have um, that on my side so that I don't end up picking COVID. But that's the first reason why we decided to uh, get rid of our apartment and hit the road again. The other reason is actually very interesting. It's that Mexico, uh, specifically here in Merida, they're handling the pandemic way, way better uh, than they were in the U.S., at least in Cincinnati, where we were. Uh, one of the things that we've noticed right off the bat coming into Merida is that they're taking it very seriously. Uh, however, it's it's the rules are serious, but 
kind of common sense, okay? Uh, everyone is wearing masks. Even outside on the sidewalks, everyone has masks. And I'm not somebody that believes that if you're outside, you should be wearing a mask or like driving with a mask on, but it does make a lot of sense if you are walking outside and you are passing other people on the sidewalk. I think that, that just makes a lot of sense and it's not something that I see a lot in the US. The other thing that I'm noticing is that all the businesses are actually taking these safety precautions very seriously. Uh, I was getting extremely frustrated in the United States where every store has a sign on the front that says uh, no entry without a mask, yet you walk in and there's always that guy or gal that is like not wearing a mask for whatever reason. Uh, they believe that they are above those rules. And what frustrated me more was that nobody at those stores uh, was like, taking an initiative to say something to them. I only saw once when a gentleman at a Target was actually, you know, talking to this woman and saying like, hey, you need to be wearing a mask. It's one of our rules. And she basically ignored him and didn't listen to him, got whatever she needed and then like left. Um, here in Mexico, uh, at least in Merida, I can't speak for the rest of Mexico, but here in Merida, all the businesses are taking it very seriously. Uh, when you walk into any business or store, you are provided with a hand sanitizer. They squirt it in your hands. They then make sure that you're wearing a mask and will check your temperature. Uh, so this isn't like none of these things are foolproof, right? Like I could still have COVID and walk into a business and, you know, not have uh, a temperature. However, my thing is like, even if it catches 5% of cases, that is still better than none, right? So uh, I'm really impressed with how well they are dealing with this here in terms of their precautions. Uh, the other thing that I'm noticing is that they have uh, shoe sanitization stations at basically every store or restaurant. It's this like little thing that you walk into that has, uh, I'm assuming, some sort of, you know, uh, Clorox or some kind of liquid in there that is supposed to sanitize your feet, but you're supposed to rub it on there uh, and then you can walk into the store. I don't really understand the concept behind that. I'm assuming that you didn't pick up the virus off the sidewalk or something like that. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Like I say, even if it picks up 1%, whatever, that's helpful. Um, but Everything is open, you know, all the businesses are open, all the restaurants, all the stores are open, which I appreciate a lot. And, you know, uh, here in Mexico, it's warm, so they certainly have the benefit of being able to uh, seat people outside. And a lot of Mexican living is already sort of has this indoor-outdoor uh, lifestyle. So uh, even if you're seated inside, a lot of times the doors are open and stuff like that. So they definitely have that going for them. Another thing that we've noticed uh, here in Mexico that is actually kind of a pain in the butt, but I get it and I appreciate that they're trying to keep us safe, is that some stores are only letting one person per family enter. So we've tried to go to Costco here. We've gone to Decathlon. Um, there's been, a, especially the small stores, like there's a chain of stores here called OXO, uh, which are just kind of these like corner stores. Uh, they're only letting one person in at a time. And it's kind of annoying because you kind of walk up there. I've walked up with Sarah and I end up having to uh, wait outside while Sarah does the shopping or vice versa. Uh, so that can be a little bit annoying, but you know what? I appreciate it. Like I said, uh, even if that helps a little bit with uh, slowing the spread of COVID, 
and you know, keeping us safe while we're in there. Uh, I appreciate it and I get it. So there do seem to be a lot of these common sense um, protections put in place here and people are taking them seriously. And because of that, I genuinely feel a lot safer here in Mexico uh, than I was in Cincinnati. The other reason is that we just personally, and like I said, Come up with your decisions on your own based on your uh, sort of situation. Sarah and I are both young. Uh, we're both healthy. Uh, Sarah has had COVID already. I seem to hopefully have at least a little bit of a resistance to the virus. Um, but we just kind of generally felt like it was time. We were starting to get a little sick of it in Cincinnati. It was cold and, uh, you know, with the cold, you naturally have a lower immune system. You're not going out as much. And we just thought that, it, you know, we're going to go to Mexico where it's going to be warm. We know this place. We're comfortable here. We know kind of the layout and everything like that. So we just felt like it was time to come down here in Mexico, sit tight for a few months, get to uh, get out of the cold, uh, but still sit tight and still be smart. You know, we're not bouncing around every two weeks and traveling. We're just sitting tight here, essentially in Merida uh, until the summer. Uh, but also, you know, my thing is with the vaccine coming out and being distributed, uh, I know that they're moving as quickly as possible. I, you know, sooner rather than later, um, we just felt like it was time to uh, go back to our normal life. And if we were waiting for the government to tell us that it would be okay, it would take a long, long time past when I think it would be common sense okay to start venturing out there. Uh, I don't think COVID is going away anytime soon, even with the vaccine. It's still probably going to, um, you know, even best case scenario likely exist in some small percentages. And I could totally see the government saying, Saying, hey, even even though it's in small percentages and we're handling it because the vaccine has been widely distributed at this point, we still recommend you don't travel. I could totally see that happening. So at some point, everybody needs to make a decision in terms of when it makes sense for them to kind of go back to their regular life, especially if you're nomadic. So like I said, uh, this is our personal decision. Definitely speak with a medical uh, provider. Speak with a doctor. Make sure that, you know, uh, you know, there aren't some sort of health concerns that you have that would make them kind of uh, hesitate to say that it's okay for you to go, but this was our uh, kind of personal decision. So past that, how are we staying safe while we're here in Merida in Mexico? First of all, like I mentioned, uh, I do believe that we have a lower chance of getting it here, uh, not only because people seem to be taking it way more seriously. I have honestly seen one person not wearing a mask when we've been inside and that's because they were coming back from the bathroom. So the bathroom was kind of close. I give them a pass, but everyone is wearing masks uh, everywhere and kind of keeping a distance. So that's number one. It just seems to, like, I seriously think that we have a lower chance of getting it here. The other reason why I believe that we have a lower chance of getting it here is that it's warm. So people are able to open the windows. There's a lot more indoor, outdoor sort of things. So if you've been going out to restaurants, wherever you are uh, back in the States or anywhere else in the Western world, it's likely that it's, even though it's in reduced capacity, you're inside here. A lot of times we're sitting outside. So I think that we just have a lower chance of getting it here. Uh, even though we have a group of friends 
trends here that we do see on a relatively regular basis. The other thing as well that I think has been helping us a lot is that we have a daily vitamin routine, which I take very seriously, and that is a routine of vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc. So do your own research, look into it, speak with your doctor, but one of the things that I've kind of done some research on and found out from that research and in speaking with friends and family who are doctors is that those that combination of vitamins does seem to boost your immune system and uh, specifically vitamin D has been linked uh, or or I should say low levels of vitamin D have been linked with having um, strong symptoms of COVID. So ever since COVID started, uh, we've been taking vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc. And hopefully with that constant uh, routine, even if we do get COVID here, I'm hoping that it's going to be, uh, you know, low symptoms. I'm not concerned about Sarah since she's already had it, but I'm kind of speaking about myself here. If I do end up getting it, uh, I'm hoping that my symptoms will be low because I have a lot of vitamin D, C, and zinc. Now, the one thing, like, I've been saying there have been a lot of positives to us coming here to Mexico in terms of COVID. Uh, it's being handled better. It's warmer out and that kind of stuff. But the one negative that I think that we have coming here uh, to Mexico is that we do have a group of friends that are here, even though it's a small group of friends, uh, we do see them kind of regularly. And I think that that's maybe like one of our uh, weak spots in our plan, so to say, is that even if we say that we only hang out with each other, the more people that we see on a regular basis, the higher the chance that we get it. But our hope is that even though that is clearly a weak spot in our sort of quarantine in Mexico, quote unquote, plan, uh, that the rest of the positives actually outweigh that negative. So hopefully, even though we are seeing our friends um, we do see them mostly outside or in places that are indoor, outdoor. So I'm hoping that that, you know, kind of evens out in our uh, risk of actually catching COVID or giving COVID to someone. Because honestly, that's kind of what I'm concerned with the most is having it and being asymptomatic and passing it on to someone else. If I get it, knock on wood, I'm not really concerned that I'm going to have um, a bad reaction to it, hopefully. And, you know, that's just me based on speaking with my um, doctors and based on my health. Moving past that what are our plans for 2021 now that we don't have our apartment in Cincinnati and we have gone sort of full nomadic again? We are going to be here in Merida at least until April. Uh, that's when we have our Airbnb here booked out until. And our plans are to, after this, to go to Puerto Vallarta with a few of our friends on the west coast of Mexico and spend about a month or a month and a half there uh, just to check out a new place that we've heard a lot of good things about. Uh, but we're not 100% sure as to when that will be. We might have uh, a possible wedding to go to that I'm hoping that we'll be able to go to, but we just don't know because of the travel restrictions with the U.S. at the moment. So we're kind of waiting to solidify those plans. After that, our goal is to go to Bulgaria at the beginning of the summer. Uh, we weren't able to go there last summer, obviously, so we're really looking forward to going back there and seeing family that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, I've mentioned on this podcast a lot that I do have a grandmother in Bulgaria still, and she's getting older, and I'd love to spend some more time with her um, in a safe way. So hopefully... Um, our, our goal is to actually get the vaccine before we go to Bulgaria. Um, I'm very hopeful that 
as the vaccine rollout speeds up, we'll be able to go back to the U.S. before we head to Europe and get the vaccine. But there's just a lot up in the air, and I think that that's something that we're going to have to deal with um, likely for the rest of this year and perhaps some part of next year is kind of having to think a little bit on our toes in terms of what our plans are because at any point, plans can change. Uh, There's also still a lot of rules that we don't fully understand in terms of traveling between countries. I had a friend who was just trying to get into Egypt where he had gotten a very nice Airbnb for a few months and he was looking to go there and kind of quarantine down there. And in his attempt to get over there, he was stopped at the borders for a rule that nobody had highlighted because he was traveling through Germany. So there's just a lot of these things that I think uh, even the governments don't know to tell us about. There's just not a lot of good communication happening, so we just kind of need to stay on our toes here. And so that's why a lot of these plans are sort of soft plans because we need to see how things develop and how the rules and regulations change uh, because there's no point in making a plan if we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So these are all tentative, very soft plans, but our hope is to... Uh, get into the U.S. after April, uh, beginning of May, something like that, hopefully get the vaccine, and then be able to head over to Bulgaria. Um, And that all depends, again, on what the situation there is. What are the regulations there? Uh, Is it under some complete and intense lockdown where we can't even enter? Uh, So something that we're just going to have to read, but this is our hopeful plan. Past that, I don't know. Um, I'd love to go to Southeast Asia at the end of the year. Again, this is all based on is it safe to do that? What sort of regulations are in place? But uh, I'd love to attend the DC BKK conference this year in October, uh, which is put on by the folks from the Tropical MBA podcast, which is a great podcast uh, for you guys to check out. And I'm hoping that they're going to be able to put that on. I don't know if they're going to. Uh, If they are, I'd love to attend, but who knows? It's kind of like that meme with the hands up right now uh, meme emoji, you know what I'm talking about. So we don't know, but that's kind of our tentative plans at the moment. All right, guys, let's talk about some fun stuff now. As promised, I want to wrap up this episode with a few new nomading tips. That's a lot of ends there, new nomading tips. All right, so these are some things that I've picked up this year, whether it's some tech things or some just general gadgets or whatnot that I'm really excited about uh, to use as we nomad around. And the first thing I want to cover is the Peak Designs Tech Pouch, okay? So this is a pouch that I got the recommendation from Chase Reeves over on YouTube. If you guys don't follow Chase Reeves, he's awesome. He's one of my favorite uh, kind of tech bag uh, carry review guys out there. Uh, He's awesome. He makes all his videos really, really fun. So definitely check out his YouTube channel if you haven't. But he mentioned, he talked about this tech pouch and described it as his drawer of things for when he's on the go. Him and his family are fully nomadic, even though they nomad around inside of the U.S., And he described this tech pouch as kind of, you know, that drawer that you have on your desk that you kind of put, uh, you know, some cables, some other random things in there. And he basically said that this is the pouch that he uses as that drawer, uh, you know, in their nomadic lifestyle. And I love this idea uh, as a digital nomad myself. There's always these like things that I don't really know where to put, you know, cables that I maybe don't use every single day, uh, an extra 
you know, laptop dongle for my MacBook Pro, just a whole bunch of these things that I don't really use all the time, but I need to store away somewhere. And they end up being in this like bag normally without any sort of organization. So this Peak Designs tech pouch is uh, inspired by origami. So when you open it up, it sort of unfolds all of these little slots in it. And I say that it's origami inspired. However, I did a poll over on Instagram and a lot of my friends think it looks very sexual. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into detail as to why that is, but just head on over to Peak Designs and look at the tech pouch and let me know if you agree. Uh, that was one of the things that Sarah said when I was showing it to her. She goes, wow, that is the most uh, sexual looking pouch ever. So head on over there and check that out. Let me know on Instagram. Shoot me a DM if uh, you agree with that or not. I thought it was funny. Now that people have said that, I can't unsee it. But anyways, it's an amazing tech pouch. Uh, I really like it so far for storing all of these cables that I don't use uh, on a regular basis. The next thing, uh, this is actually a Sarah approved recommendation, but not something that I've gotten to use myself yet. And that is the new MacBook Pro with the M1 chip. So Sarah upgraded to this uh, MacBook before we left and she has been absolutely raving about it. And the reason why is that the new M1 chip does an incredible job of uh, boosting the battery life. So Sarah was telling me that she, the last time that she charged her laptop was on Tuesday and didn't need to charge it again until Thursday or Friday morning or just something insane like that as to on the other side, here I am essentially having to charge my uh, MacBook Pro from 2019 almost once a day uh, at minimum because I use it literally all the time. So uh, I'm really keen to possibly upgrade uh, my MacBook up to the uh, new M1 chip version just to get that battery life boost because uh, not only Sarah raves about it, everybody that I know that has the new uh, M1 chip MacBook is saying that the battery life is insane, along with a whole bunch of other uh, benefits of the new chip. So uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go ahead and check it out. Uh, just search MacBook M1 chip, it will pop up. Uh, but yeah, so that's something that I have a re as a recommendation. The other uh, recommendation staying with the Apple theme here is I got some AirPods Pro for Christmas. And I gotta say, I love the AirPods Pro already, but they really shined for me uh, as a Nomad gadget when we were flying here because the noise cancellation mode picks up the plane's engine and does a really great job of neutralizing the sound. So if you, got, if you haven't had the chance to try out the AirPods Pro, uh, they have a they have somewhat of a natural noise cancellation because they have the little rubber tips on them, but then they actually analyze the surrounding noise around you and can either amplify it for transparency mode so that when you're on calls and stuff like that, you don't end up yelling, which I love as a feature. But then the other thing that they can do is actually uh, pick up the sound and then cancel it. And this works better with some sounds uh, as opposed to others. And one of the sounds uh, that I was actually kind of, I was wondering if this was going to happen is the plane's 
uh, turbines. And I mean, seriously, the AirPods Pro just pick up the sound of the turbines and cancel it out completely. It was so nice to listen to a podcast, uh, watch a little Netflix with my AirPods Pro inside and I couldn't hear any of the surrounding noise. So really big recommendation there. I love those. They were so good. I know they're a little expensive, but seriously worth every penny. Moving on from actual uh, gadgets and physical items, but staying in the tech realm, I do have a new app recommendation. This is something that uh, Sarah and my friends have been making fun of me for. It turns out I have an app for everything, but I really do love uh, this app. It's called, the app is literally called App in the Air. Uh, It's kind of a travel app that allows you to store all of your flight information. So you essentially just put in your flight information and it tracks all of it. Uh, All of the things going on around your flight, such as uh, when is your check-in? When does the flight take off? Are there any delays? It also uh, gives you notifications for when you need to check in, uh, you know, the day before, two days before for your flight. And my favorite part about it is that if you do spring for the paid version of the app, which isn't super expensive, but you know, it's one of those things where it's another thing that you need to pay for. But it actually has automations built in that allow you to auto check in when your flight opens for online check-in and you can save your preferences for your seating. So you can say front of plane, middle of plane, back of plane, aisle, middle, uh, who the hell has a preference of middle, but you can essentially select like, you know, which seat you want and where on the plane and it will auto select that for you uh, if possible. And if not possible, it it will check you in with a seating arrangement that is closest to your preference. And it also has an automation that allows you to essentially set a person as your contact that you want to be notified of when your plane takes off or your lands or there's a delay or anything like that. And that's really handy for if, uh, you know, for example, um, my parents kind of like to know when we land places or we take off, uh, it makes them feel a little bit more in touch and they know what's going on with us. So instead of me having to constantly forget to do that, this is kind of a nice way to do it. You know, it's kind of like, hey, every single time that we land or take off or whatever, uh, one of my parents gets a text, for example. The other benefit of that is if you have somebody picking you up at the airport, this is also a really nice little touch where they can see when you take off, they can see, you know, uh, when you land, they get notifications about that. So it makes it easier to coordinate if you have somebody picking you up somewhere. The other cool thing is that you can upload airport information Uh, You can kind of, uh, you can track how long the security, the passport check, all of that kind of stuff takes. Uh, They have like little uh, timers on it that it will show you so that you can better uh, prepare for when you're going to the airport. And you can also upload all of your travel documents, which I think could be really useful if you're traveling during COVID because um, theoretically you can upload all of your necessary documentation for when you're crossing the border, including negative COVID tests and, uh, things like that. So that's a cool app to check out. Uh, I don't have the paid version. I just have the free version at this point, but if I keep using it, I like it to be honest, I could see myself springing for the paid version. Final recommendation here is actually for a new uh, bank account that I created, which is uh, the Capital One 360 checking account. Uh, Sarah and I, uh, as you guys may know, we got married back in October, and so we established a joint account. And we also decided to 
reduce our use of credit cards at the beginning of this year. Uh, we don't have a ton of credit card debt, but we do have a little bit. And what we decided to do was to just get really aggressive with it, stop using credit cards at the beginning of 2020, and really kill all of our debt. And that way, when we start off 20, you know, the second half of 2020, we can kind of go into credit cards as a married couple and really dial in the points and miles thing. So uh, because of that, we decided to use mostly debit cards while we're abroad and we needed a debit card that we could use uh, abroad with no fees or anything like that. And the Capital One 360 checking account uh, is one of the accounts that I found that was really great for that, that also allows you to have joint checking. So with the 360 account, it's joint checking if you need it, uh, zero transaction fees abroad, which is really nice. So you can pay with it normally wherever you go. And they do not have as great as, as a ATM withdrawal policy as the Charles Schwab debit card, which basically you can use to withdraw cash anywhere in the world from any ATM and Charles Schwab will cover the fees. Um, Capital One the 360 account does not have as good of a policy. However, they have a network of ATMs that they say are all over the world. So you can go to a website. If you Google it, you'll find it really easily where you can search the city that you're going to and see if uh, there are, are ATMs in their network. Here in Merida, for example, uh, it's not great. There are not a ton of the ATMs, but there is one um, about like 10 or 15 minutes from us that is in their network that if we need to go and get cash for whatever reason, we can go and do that. So uh, check that out if you're looking for a joint checking account with zero transaction fees. So that's it, you guys. Um, that's kind of all of the things that I wanted to cover on today's episode. However, before I let you go, uh, I do want to let you know that uh, my new community, Six Figure Nomad, is open. So what I've decided to do, guys, is to close it in two weeks to sort of allow all of the new members to get to know each other and to establish the community. So when I launched this community, uh, I, I said that I'm going to open it up and kind of let people in for a limited time deal. It's $99 for the entire year. Uh, and this is, you know, you're going to get grandfathered in at that price. Uh, that price will not last. I'm telling you guys right now, that is a massive, massive, massive discount on uh, what it will cost uh, later on. However, um, I'm going to open this up only for two weeks. You guys can go right now and get it. So don't sleep on that because at, at the end of two weeks, I'm 100% closing it. Uh, and then I'm not sure when I'm going to reopen it again. It could be a couple of months because I want to take that time with no new members coming in to really kind of figure everything in and dial and, and dial it in. And uh, once I reopen it, it will not be at this low of a price. So if you're interested, uh, if you don't know what the community exactly is, this is the very first community online that actually is completely focused around case studies of real online businesses. So if you've ever wondered, you know, what does it take to build and run a six-figure plus company and you had wished that you could see behind the scenes of some of these great companies that you've most likely heard of in the past, we are getting in touch with those founders. We're getting the keys to look under the hood of those businesses and really understand, okay, how did they grow their revenue? What changed from year two to year three when their revenue jumped? Uh, what were the biggest 
changes you know that they made in the company that had the biggest effect all of these questions that you wish you could ask of some of these amazing entrepreneurs we're asking them we're putting them together in these case studies and you get to look at those so you really understand how to build a great online business and best of all you're not going to be going through this alone along with every case study that we publish we will be doing a joint community call to answer a challenge that the entrepreneur, the founder uh, at the helm of that company is asking of us. Every case study finishes with what their current biggest challenge is. And we get to sit down and actually uh, troubleshoot that and see if we can come up with a solution for them. And the reason why that's so great for you is that it's just like working out. It allows you to work out that that problem solving muscle so that when you have to solve a problem in your own business, maybe a similar one, you've already practiced it. So that is the idea around uh, my new community, Six Figure Nomad. Along with everything else that you see in other communities, uh, we're going to have some great conversations around everything from work-lifestyle balance, uh, how to be nomadic, nomadic tips, all of the good things that you want uh, in terms of connection and community will be there as well. But this is the only community based 100% around these case studies and that will give you this much behind the scenes uh, view of some of these great real businesses. So if that sounds interesting to you guys, seriously, do not sleep on this. Head on over to thatremotelife.com forward slash six figures and sign up. It's $99 per year and you're going to get grandfathered in at that price even as we raise the price later on. So check that out. But all right, you guys, that's it for me. Have an amazing weekend. Stay safe out there.